This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? The last international break out of the way, Josh. I've played my wild card and the rest is all downhill from here, right? Yeah, it's uh it, it it's not even that it's downhill. It's like it's like literally downhill. It's like it's like picking <laughs> up momentum and heading towards the end of the season. Like everything moves so quickly from now on. Even the, even the Champions League matches are like a week apart now. It's like everything is Everything is very sped up. So um, let's talk about your wild card, though. Let's get right into it, Brandon. Um, yeah. It's, it's Sunday night. I've got a, a little bit of a head cold, I think, right now. So sorry if I sound a little a little more nasal than normal. Uh, but I'm also from the Midwest, so I sound kind of nasal no matter what. Um, Absolutely. Just, the, yeah, the, the flat A sound. <laughs> exactly. This is the American Midwesterner's dilemma. So uh, you played your wild card. This was... Um, I don't know if it's like the rise of of Twitter or or the social media or what, but it felt like like my feed was just full of like uh, you know the always cheating feed was just full of complicated, like extremely difficult to resolve wild card related questions. Right? It was yeah. like yeah. it was like everyone was like a graduate student in math, like the way they were like working this stuff out. Well, and everyone's situation was just slightly different. There were just so many variables which played into how much chatter there was because everyone had a very uh, bespoke question. Right. Except I felt like by the end, by, by the time like Friday night rolled around, I felt like everyone had the exact same team. Did, I mean, I actually, and I think your team actually looks a little bit different. So I do want to talk about that in a second, but did that, do you think that like swayed you a little bit? Did you think like, when you were like playing your wild card, did yeah. you just want the best team or was there part of you that was like, I also want to be a little different than everybody else? Uh, I don't really have that in me to w- the desire to be different. Mm-hmm. I pretty much always want the best team. However, mm-hmm. there are, um, there are players like Kevin De Bruyne is a good example, a guy I've loved talking about this season. And it's not like nobody, no other FPL managers had, knew about KDB or were talking about him, but I was one of the few that actually had him and was building my midfield around him. 
Um, So I think there are players, uh, and and we can talk about them with my wildcard team, where I think I'd like them a little bit more. Say, I went with Pat, for example, I went with Pascal Gross over Willian. Mm -hmm. More or less because I just like Gross. I wanted him more in my team than William. Mm-hmm. There, there, were, there was no pen hitting paper for me to figure that yeah. one out. Very good chance. I think Gross almost had an assist, too, in that uh, Leicester game. Uh, yeah, and there was a yeah. very nice Casper, uh, Casper Schmeichel save uh, from a Gross shot from outside of the box. Yeah. So he, he, just, he was looking to score great game in general. Yeah, great game in general for Schmeichel. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I should say there was a template for me. I, I, you know, sometimes, the, you know, template does not always mean um, it's the best possible team, but there definitely was a template that formed by the end. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a very similar set of players. And, you know, it's not like you didn't have any of those players. You probably had, you know, nine of the same 11 starting players as a lot of other people did. But right. um, it definitely made me want to, like, get into the, the upcoming game weeks, get into game weeks where, not, you know, I, I actually, you know, this is like maybe like a little, like, retrograde of me. But I, I would actually be fine if they went back to the wild card being restricted to January, the second wild card, which is how it used to be. Yeah. Um, because I don't know that it's like, but again, like we're talking about a small community of like super serious managers here. So it's not reflective, of, you know, maybe of the FPL players as a whole, but it just felt like everyone had the same team, you know? And I mean, talk to me, I mean, did, you know, yeah. how did you feel about that? I mean, is that, I guess I'm just like, I feel like I'm interviewing I, you right now, but I'm just like, <laughs> I know for me, like if I were wildcarding this week, I would have been, and again, I, we have different personalities in this regard, but mm-hmm. I would have been very conscious of wanting three, four, five players that like very few people had in their templates just because yeah. I hate feeling like I'm like marching in the same order as everybody else, you know, just yeah. often for my own detriment. Maybe I'll put a little more positive spin on the online chatter and the template talk. Um, as much as it felt like there was a template forming, there is no set front template front three. And for all the talk I did see online, everyone's team was it had at least one different player, something different going on. Yeah, I was a fan of all of the chat going on because when I was uh, fiddling around with my wild card, because every single person's uh, take on it helped me make a different decision on my own team. Um, And it was less me trying to replicate what somebody else was trying to do, but see the logic there. Oh, you have this player because, ah, I see they, you know, they have a double, for example. Right, Um, right. So just seeing all those different um, takes on the same uh, sort of template helped me get to where I ended up with my wild card. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so how, I mean, how do you feel about your team coming out of, you, you finished on, uh, was it 64 points? Yeah, 64 points. Um, four less than you, though. You took a minus four hit, but we'll, we'll get to mm-hmm. your team shortly. How do I feel about it? Um, I feel really good. I think I played the wild card as best I could. Um, I mean, if I, if you end up with goals from all three of your strikers out of, out of your wild mm-hmm. card, I think that's a success. They also, like, I, still, Ashley, I feel like Ashley Barnes and Lukaku score within like five minutes of each other too. Like, sure, yeah, at it, that, it was at in that the first point, half for sure. At that point, I felt like maybe I would, I had played the greatest wild card of all time. <laughs> but of course the moment that, uh, I think that thought, um, you know, things definitely started to even out, um, <laughs> Yeah. So I, after after I've played my wild card, I, I took a step back and I said, nice work, Brandon. I think that looks pretty good. And then mm-hmm. I started to step even farther back and I'm like, dude, 
you have three Burnley players. Is this a good strategy? <laughs> um, so the, the trick with this wild card is going to be how quickly and effectively can I turn Burnley players into, you know, all the all the best players on Manchester City before game <laughs> right. 37. That should be easy to do, right? The same price points and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think the, yeah. the, um, the switch really flipped for me when I was tinkering when, um, and this goes back to our discussion about the chatter going on online, I started to come around to the idea of bench boosting in game week 34, because mm-hmm. what I was trying to do was build the best possible team for both 34 and 37. And what I was ending up with was with a team that was just a hot mess right. and, um, I think we can talk about this to some of the questions later in the pod to plan all the way for 37 with the expectation that no injuries um, are going to happen or, or just things you don't expect is kind of crazy. Right. So um, it al- I feel like you. Yeah, it has felt it has felt at times like games 32, 33, 35, 36 and 38 like don't exist, you know. Like, yeah, there's like five game weeks that no one is talking about, you know, <laughs> like, I felt like yeah. everyone is so focused on the doubles. But I mean, you know, these other game weeks could be you know massive as well. So I, 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 yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, because I remember that, I think when you first posted your team Friday morning um, it ended up like quite a bit different, I'd say, by the end of the day. It did. And I think I, I think um, it was just not a real team that I posted. There was right. not as much flexibility and. Um, Vardy was in that team I posted to Twitter and ultimately I, I felt that having Mares was good enough cover such as it is for Leicester city. Why did I feel the need to double up with Mares and Vardy? Cause, because that was blocking me from, uh, bringing in a guy like Alonzo and having, uh, Lukaku and Aubameyang up front. Right. So those were the, those are always the hardest decisions with your wild card. Who who are the one or two guys that you really want that you just have to part ways with? Vardy right. was a guy that I wanted that ultimately I just couldn't keep. Firmino yeah. was a guy for a long time I wanted to keep, but ultimately, um, I mean, just thinking about these Champions League fixtures that are coming up for Liverpool and City yeah, yeah. Um, and really letting that sink in, I was like, okay, yeah, Firmino, gone, no problem. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little sc- you know, I I I currently have 3 uh, Liverpool players. It's a little you know, I'm actually, you know, it's interesting because um I'm definitely holding them for I'm not, I'm not going to transfer any out because uh, you know, all 3 of them play in game week 35. Um I'm actually wondering now if that game week 34 the home match to Bournemouth um is going to be a big rest uh fixture for them. Um mm-hmm. you know, I think that um I mean you know, Mo Salah and Firmino, and I don't want to get too, like, into the next part of the podcast, but, you know, Mo Salah and Firmino played the full 90 away to um, Palace, uh, certain to play, you know, something like the full 90 um, in the first leg to, to Man City. Um, and then they play, you know, the um, they have a derby match, you know, um, versus Everton on you yeah. know, Saturday morning. So, um, And Klopp, Klopp got some... Uh, backlash from the fans for not playing a full strength squad against Everton earlier yeah, this season. Yeah. I think he's going to want to uh give the Liverpool faithful something enjoyable yeah. to watch. So if that happens then, you know, in game week 30 uh and then they have the second leg of the Man City game and so and then you have game week 34. So it could, yeah. you know, that's four games in in however many days that is, you know, uh whatever it is like, you know, 10 days or something like that. So um, I mean, and then home to board, but that just seems like an ideal time to rest some of your players. So, um, you know, something to keep in mind if you if you're if you're loaded up and you're not 
I don't know, like if you're not playing your bench boost or something like that, or if you didn't wild card, mm-hmm. you know, and you're still holding a lot of different players. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, so I finished on uh, 68. I, um, I I burned four on a defender, which uh, I almost never do. I mean, like because it never works, you know, like ever. <laughs> and uh, you know, I actually it actually did work out in this case. I, I dumped Cedric, who I just like has done nothing for me. Um, and I'm planning to uh, free hit chip in game week 34 anyway, so I didn't feel like. You know, I didn't, I didn't need him for um, for the double, you know. I mean, it's not even that good of a double mm-hmm. anyways, right? It's Chelsea and Leicester. So um, I dumped Cedric for Mustafi. Uh, Cedric finished on one. Mustafi was finished on eight. Um, if, I, if I hadn't played one of those guys, I would have played Leighton Baines, who finished on one, too. So uh, regardless, I picked up three points. Um, biggest mistake I made was uh, leaving uh, Milivojevic on the bench um, and starting Theo Walcott instead. Um, and Walcott is just, I mean, he's just so worthless against a good team. You know, I mean, he's just, he's such a finesse Well, the player. whole just, Ever, the whole Everton team is worthless, I'd say. Yeah, I know. It's exactly, exactly. So, uh, he's still probably going to stay in my squad, um, because I am bench boosting in game week 34. Um, and right. he has a home fixture against Newcastle in 35. So, um, I think I'm just going to throw him on the bench for this Liverpool match. Um, the I mean, my, my, you know, the, the problem there was it's that, that that like warp thinking you get into sometimes where I was playing Van Dyke in that Palace game and it was uh-huh. like I wanted to maximize my points, you know, like in yep. this um, you know, so it was just it was just it was the bad like I wonder if I if I if I hadn't played Van Dyke, would I have started Milovojevic? You know, like I mm-hmm. you know, so it's that like you want the perfect eleven, you know. Yeah, I did the same thing in my squad. I brought in Wes Morgan as my Leicester defensive coverage, and I put him last on my bench because I just assumed that Pascal Gross was, you know, gonna gonna put a crazy hat trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the other thing was I was I went back and forth between Aubameyang and Salah. In the end, I just felt like Salah was the logical was the logical pick there. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I can't complain about sixty sixty eight or I guess sixty four. Would you? take away the four points so um it was good i moved up about thirty thousand spots so um i'm getting back to where i want to be you know i'm sort of you and i are only seven points apart now yeah no it's it's uh, seven or nine points i think i think yeah splitting hairs right (laughs) yeah nice to see a green arrow after a wild card wild cards can be tricky because you're they're they they can sometimes take a couple game weeks to really settle in, but yeah, um, you and I actually watch. So we we watch the games together on Saturday night. I wonder in hindsight if that was a good idea because when you when you're watching your own team after a wild card, it's you're very focused. You know, like it's like a very you, you really like a lot of planning has gone into this game week. You know, if it's if, yeah like, for me it was like a fairly normal week. I you know I made my transfers, but it was I I didn't wasn't a wild card. I kind of knew where I stood, um, and I just you know it's like. You, you want everything to go really well after a while, yeah. you know? Um, and so it's like, you don't really want, like, maybe if I had also been on my wild card, it would have been like, I don't know. But it was like, it was kind of like I was watching that Man City, Man United game, and I was kind of stressing out the whole time because all I had was, was De Gea and you had Lukaku. I mean, Lukaku should have had, what, at least like two goals in that game? Two yeah, he had assist. one that was clear. He was he was clear in. The ball dropped very nicely for him. and. Yeah. Um, we both next to each other said uh, that's, a that's a goal before he <laughs> yeah. kicked it. Yeah, Fabianski comes out and makes an amazing save to to smother it. But yeah, he he yeah, it was nice to get that goal right away, so I didn't have to do the uh, watch Lukaku uh, leisurely stroll around the pitch <laughs> right, and make exactly. me angry. Sort of yeah, thing. and then finally score and not celebrate or whatever. Um, yeah, so you were so you were tense because you were on your wild card team. I was tense because I I didn't have a wild card and like all I could see were all the things that could go wrong. You know, it's like 
a week when everyone's wildcarding or like I know I know in the end it was only a couple hundred thousand, but like I think every person who wildcarded had a Twitter feed, right? And they were like all all posting this week. So I, I felt like it felt you know, and like you listen to all these podcasts, like everyone was wildcarding. Um, so is that you know, like I feel like when when those game weeks happen and you don't have your wildcard. You're just kind mm-hmm. of bracing yourself, you know, like you're really like you're waiting for the worst. Um, yeah. But, you know, Ben Chilwell was the player. There was a moment, like a five minute stretch there where uh, Peter Schmeichel made the save and then Lester scored and Ben Chilwell got the assist on the uh, on that goal. And um, and he ended up on 11 points. And I think that that was really the biggest difference for me. It was that was the Chilwell points. And, uh, you know, still having him Sterling in my squad, you know, a lot of people took him out on the wild card. Getting that seven points from him, like that's nothing to... Nothing to complain about either, you know. So um, yeah. the biggest issue is I actually kind of wish I would have burned eight um, and dropped Callum Wilson as well. Um, just you know, I know he has a fixture in game week thirty five, but he's he's really taking up space right now. He is. Yeah. Who who would who were you thinking of bringing in for him? I was actually thinking about Troy Deeney, um, uh-huh. who, who also has a fixture in thirty five. You know, again because I'm free hit yeah. shipping, I don't have to worry about thirty four quite as much. So I could have brought Deeney in for for his good run of fixtures. I mean, Watford's run is pretty solid, right? I mean, it's um, they play um, Burnley, uh, Bournemouth, Burnley. Let me make sure. Yeah, sorry, actually, I was looking at the game at thirty-three here. Uh, they play uh, Burnley, Huddersfield, Palace in the next three. Um, so even as like a short-term three-week punt, I kind of like that. I, I might still do that actually going into this game week. Um, so in the end, you know, I would have burned four. I, I don't think Dini picked up any points, so I actually would have lost points on that. So uh, mm. the, it was the you know the player I was really thinking about was Mares for Walcott. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that actually would have cost me, um, I guess three points. Uh, so the rare moment when a defensive transfer, I mean, part of it was, I just, you know, <laughs> and I also knew who I was playing in our mini league head to head. And so I felt like I had like, I could burn four and kind of get away with it. Uh, so, um, I was like, you know what? I, I know that I want an Arsenal defender for this run of fixtures. I'm just going to do it now. And just, I don't like any of my defensive options. I, I feel really good about their clean sheet chances. Um, and they actually almost conceded, right? I mean, like inside of the post this morning, I don't know if you saw that, uh, off a corner kick. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, we almost lost that. that do, almost uh, in Olympico. Do you think he should have had an assist? I, I don't know about that one. That was really, I, I feel like if you Mustafi? give. Yeah. It, on the, on the side. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of feel like if you if you give Sun the assist, you should give Mustafi the assist as well, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. thought that was I thought that was strange that there was no assist given on that goal at all. Yeah, I thought it was, cause it did feel like someone it was either Chambers or Mustafi did head that ball on, like whether they intended to or yep. not. Um, but then Sun picks up an assist, and that ball touched about eight defenders. Uh, I'm exaggerating, but it touched like you know, like three <laughs> defenders. It was rallying all over the place. Um, you know, I mean, some like four players touched that before, uh, before that was a goal. So, um, I was a little yeah. surprised he got the assist there, but, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, if you want to take a look at my wildcard team, you can just go to the about page on alwayscheating.com. We have, uh, links there to our teams and you can check it out there. But, uh, my, o- my only problem coming right out of the wildcard is Goodmanson, who's now has a knock, but, um, right. I have to believe that he's going to be healthy for when I need him in game week 34. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, shout thing, out or? to Tom Campbell. Jack Cork is on his way into my squad. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, let's let's talk quickly about the uh, always cheating Super League. Uh, I'm going to run through the top 10 myself this week, Brandon. Uh, are you are you ready? Here, right, yeah, here, I'm ready. Here I go. 
the one that matters, Dave Lamb. Uh, in 10th, D-Boy United, D-Boy back in the top 10. Congratulations, D-Boy. Two girls, one schlup. Andrew Ferguson uh, moves down to 8th. Uh, Bodios, uh, Adrian Falk, Revdal in 7th. Gam, Chester, United, Graham McDonald in 6th. Tough week for Graham, Brandon, 48 points. Do you have any any words of, you know, consolation for him or... Just gonna chin up, Graham. Yeah, there keep you go. at it. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Graham. Yeah. Don't be so. You're a good. You're a good man, don't be Graham. So down on yourself, Graham. Cruise control. Steve Sunshine in fifth. Uh, for Fuxake, are you blind? Uh, Joe Stone in fourth. I never know how to say that that name. Uh, Heaton. I mean, I know how to say it, but I never know how to say it on this podcast. It's a, it's a family podcast. Heaton up. Aaron Matheson in keep third with eighty two points. Uh, Crazy Coutinho, Prakar Patel in second with 63, uh, and Jamal Rice with 73 points. And uh, what is his overall rank in the world now? Jamal is now ranked seventh overall in oh, the world. Congrats, Jamal. So what, what is your – give us some advice, Jamal. What are we what, – you know, what, what are you doing right and what are we all doing wrong? Uh, seventh in the world. Damn. Uh, I know, it's huge. Yeah, and uh, we're also going to run off the Patreon top fives this week. Yeah, I'll start with the, uh, so our Patreon supporters who who generously uh, help support what we do here for free, um, for all you listeners here at alwayscheating.com, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating if you want to participate in these Patreon exclusive leagues. And every once in a while, I think it's good just to give these people their due on the pod. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the classic league for the Patreon subscribers, it's in fifth place. Dave Wagner, Lodal, Conte, Hardly, Wait, fourth place, Spandex, Cameron, Spanner. Third place, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, deputy mayor of our Slack thread. <laughs> uh, his his team name, Lookman, Ayu, Ake. These are very sure complicated. Get yeah, come on, Jeremiah. <laughs> we can't, if we can't save a podcast, so, you know, it's time for a change. <laughs> Second place, it's Fahad Al-Takar, uh, Cortuba FC. And in first place, Mark McGettigan. And uh, that's the FPL General, actually. So uh, FPL General is um, a big presence online. Great to have him as a supporter. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, um, We actually still haven't met him. We've talked about doing uh, a podcast with him at some point. But he seems like a, a very good guy. And uh, he's Top also, bloke. Yeah, top bloke. Top bloke. Uh, and he's also a Patriot supporter. So uh, thank you uh, very much. And uh, if it's good enough for the general... Uh, it's good enough for you. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash always cheating. Brendan, when you and I were having our very tetchy uh, soccer watching on uh, on Saturday morning, um, sorry, I'm trying to speak over that siren. There's always a siren in the background of your place. I don't know why that is. <laughs> somebody, somebody made a comment somewhere that ours is the one pod, FPL podcast where you can hear a car being stolen in the background. <laughs> exactly. So. So um, yet yet another grand theft auto happening on always cheating. Yeah, um, and so we're we're doing we're planning on some exclusive content uh, based on the World Cup for our Patreon supporters. So uh, more to come on there. Uh, Brendan, I'll also read off. We have a second half league that we started as well, um, and uh, the top five in that is uh, it's all people who are pretty. Uh, pretty big commenters, actually, on the Slack thread. Um, Jim Payne, uh, Rock Me Like a Hurricane in fifth. Triple Captain, Adam P. in fourth. Uh, Ian Stimson, who he's kind of the reason we're even talking about Patreon in this week's podcast, because he was like, come on, guys, let's get a, let's get a shout out here. Um, he was like a little like humble brag, like, just so you know, I'm in the top five, you know, but um, 
Yeah, we yeah. got it, Ian. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Spinach, uh, Guy Dar in second, and uh, Tom Bakel's uh, Jan Spernaggi. Uh, is in first. So um, sorry, Jan. Um, I know you're a long time listener and sorry I messed up your name there. So congrats to all. Uh, Brennan, do we have any rants this week? Yeah, we have a rant this week. It comes in from Roscoe77 who says, is this season over yet? Wild card fail, every week sadness, Morgan over Chilwell as he's, quote, safer, Sterling ditch for Mkhitaryan, Barnes on the bench, Firmino kept over Vardy, uh, meh. <laughs> so Roscoe, uh, not as happy with his wildcard team as some of us are. But um, I think it sounds like you made some decent decisions, Roscoe, that could pay off later down the line. Like I went I went Morgan over Chilwell for the same reason. Right. Um, lest you forget, Morgan's still got a clean sheet. That's true. So that's, that's good. That's, that's a silver that's lining. Bad. Yeah, like they all got yellow cards. That was that was a weird – every defender like – I was like, I don't know who's <laughs> going to get bonus points in this game because all of them got yellow cards. I will also say about uh, Mkhitaryan, I, I, it, it kind of feels nice to get this rest out of the way. Hopefully yeah. he'll – I still think he's going to be a fantastic – uh, FPL asset to have down the home stretch, so yeah, keep faith I, there. I agree. Uh, Harbuzi on, on the Slack had a question about whether it was you know time to move on from Mkhitaryan. And I I feel like we we got the one rest out of the way. You know, like it was, you know, we, we, there was a good chance that you know, there was going to be a rest at some point. Um, I'd almost rather it come this week than you know game week thirty five or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I just don't see him being rested that much. There's just not a lot of tread on the tires for him. He's like you know twenty nine years old. Um, hasn't played too much this year. I, I just don't know why you'd need to rest him more than more than this one week. You know, so hmm. is he single? I mean, you you know how old he is. Do you know what uh, what his favorite video games are? I know his blood type. I mean, when I transfer to player, Brandon, I learn everything. Okay, so <laughs> like if Mkhitaryan is ever convicted of a crime falsely, you can help him out by telling <laughs> exactly. him what his blood type is. Exactly. All right, Brian, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk um, a little bit about Game Week 33, the forgotten Game Week, I think we can safely call it. Um, we're also going to talk about Harry Kane, Man City, um, and then we're going to do a lightning round of questions based around uh, wild cards, uh, chip strategies, um, and uh, Game Week 34 strategies, too. So um, there's, like, no questions about Game Week 33, weirdly, even though it's the next Game Week. I sincerely thought we were going to be done talking about <laughs> wild cards after, it's never the, be over. after last it's week's never going to be over. No. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Same old podcast, always shading. All right, Josh, we're back. And, yes, Game Week 33, we are through the looking glass. It is – it's weirdly – like we've been here before. Liverpool have the early kickoff on Saturday. City have the the late kickoff. Arsenal early on Sunday. Chelsea late on Sunday. We've been here before, haven't we? Yeah, it's we have been here before and uh it's it's all the same decisions, right? It's uh do you captain uh do you captain style? Okay, so the first thing I'll I'll say here is we've got two We've got two teams playing very difficult Champions League matches, um, or playing each other, actually, in a difficult Champions League match um, in midweek. So until the Liverpool-Man City game is over, I'm not planning to make a lot of decisions about this game week, you know, at least in terms of who I'm captaining and transfers even, too, right? I mean, like, someone could go down with an injury or, or who knows. Also, I think, like, you know, Man City options, like, depending on who gets rested in that game, I mean, it could really determine, you know, I mean, I would even consider bringing in a second Man City player if, like, you know, if Leroy Sané was was rested um, for the Liverpool game or didn't start for some reason, um, I would like yeah. him a lot more as an option for uh, Game Week 33 and 35. Oh, Sané, he, uh, he's a good player, isn't he? He is a good player. I remember asking <laughs> you on Saturday morning, we were watching the matches, and I said, do you think he's a handsome man? 
And you, he, he you did ask me that, <laughs> and you really had to think about it. I, to me, I think he's got a he's got a cool look. You know, I sound, he, like, I sound like someone's mom right now, but he's got a cool look. Okay, yeah, I, I have, I have. You caught me. I have looked at Leroy Sané and said <laughs> I'll put him in the top list of top five guys I'd most like to um, exchange bodies with. <laughs> right. Have you really? However, <laughs> we, we've, we've all seen his really terrible back tattoo of right. him celebrating a goal he scored, which is just beyond the pale. It's like a would um, you so, rather, right? Like, would you rather switch bodies, but you have to keep that back tattoo? It's, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so what sticks out to you about these matches? I mean, we mentioned before that there's there's a lot of similarities here. I mean, you know. Who is your? And I feel like we need to do a little a little talking about Game of Thirty Three here because otherwise otherwise yeah. no one's going to talk about it. So who who are your captain options going into Thirty Three? Uh, Mo Salah, as you suggested, could be probably not a rotation risk given that's a Merseyside derby, so he's always on the list. But Spurs matchup against Stoke really jumps out at me here, and we have myriad options for captaincy. Uh, Deli Ali, he looked. Uh, pretty good today against Chelsea. Yep. Uh, Hungman's son, always an option. And then Harry Kane, who Harry Kane would be a great captaincy option, but who has Harry Kane in their team right now is, is the question for me. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, his ownership is still pretty high. I mean, I'm sure that you have a lot of dead teams there, but we're talking about 25% ownership. There's got, there's got to be a lot of active managers who. I mean, I ran a poll last week asking people if they're gonna if they're gonna keep or hold, and you know, a fair number said they were going to to hold on to him. So I, I mean, if you have him in your team, I would definitely plan to captain him, right? I mean, I thought he looked you know very solid in the twenty twenty five minute run out that he had. Um, I don't actually know if he took a shot on goal, but I thought he looked um, pretty good. We we have a couple questions um, about Kane, um, and so you know, the question then is, you know, if you don't have him, um, is it worth bringing him in, you know, right away? Um, you know, especially because they do have a double in game week 34 too. So, uh, FPL sniper says, uh, you know, a city in game week 34, uh, is Kane, uh, really a must. So, um, I mean, what do you think? Are you planning to bring in Kane? Is that, is that on the table for you? No, no, I'm not. Uh, it's, it's just not possible. I brought in Obama Yang and Lukaku, both of them to play in 34. So there's no room for Kane. Right. Uh, Kane is only in my thinking for game week 37 yep. and that's a triple captain option there. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really tricky, particularly for us playing our free hits in 35 or kind of losing a, uh, a transfer, uh, through that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's, um, I, I don't know that it's worth bringing him in either, um, uh, it's it is tricky. I mean, City will have played a lot more fixtures by then. Um, they may have actually clinched the title by the time they play in that game as well, um, and they may be moving on to the Champions League semifinals by the time they play. Um, it's all in game week thirty four. So, um, I mean, I guess it could be a weakened City team. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's also a question here about uh, Ryan King. Is the question about um, you know, it's perhaps a good strategy that you know the hokey cokey. Uh, you know, you bring them in, you bring them out, you you know, and then you, I don't know. It's like you keep moving, you keep moving these like expensive defenders in and out. But I, I just think that's really. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's it's hokey pokey in America. So hokey cokey always <laughs> sure. throws me off. You know, it's really how did how did cokey you put your right the, hand in? You put your right <laughs> hand out exactly. Um, so I think. Uh, I, I mean, has the hokey cokey ever really worked for you? Has like have you ever successfully pulled it off? Um, I think I did once last year with <laughs> Zlatan. Yeah. I think I hokey cokeyed him. It's so and, tough. Yeah. But, um, 
you could say hokey cokey with Kane, but even if you're doing that with Lukaku, there's still like one million plus price difference there. And for a lot of us, that's a lot of money to just keep to the side so you can keep yeah. that hokey cokey going. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a really hard thing to do budget wise with a player as expensive as Kane. I mean, yeah. Okay, I think we've we've said this a few times. Like Kane, yes, he's on what, like twenty four goals right now for the season. Yeah. Having a great season. That said, he hasn't looked great the last month or so. He's not been in good form. He's coming yeah. back from injury. Uh he's just we're talking about him on reputation alone. It's right. it's warranted for sure, um, but I don't. I, I think we don't need to get. We might be getting too excited here. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just the historical Kane, right? Like what we saw at the end of last season. I mean, I I do agree with you. I mean, it's it's been such a weird season for him because, like as you said, he's he's on twenty four goals. I mean, I think that leads that that leads all strikers. It's I guess it's you know it's maybe what is it, like five goals behind Salah now after his. Uh, his, his goal explosion in that Wofford game, but you know it's still within it's it's within reach for him to win the Golden Boot for what the third year in a row. So yeah. um, you know I do think um, I think you have to you have to take that into consideration just historically how how solid he is. But yeah, I mean they definitely come in bunches. I mean it's a scary you know he's a scary player. To, I, I'm thinking about bringing him in on a free hit ship in 34. Um, I probably will, but um, would I even captain him? You know if I did, I, I'm yeah. not sure that I would. Um, right. You know, you'd really be captaining him for that. So the 34 fixture for him is uh, their home to city and away to Brighton. So you'd really be captaining him for that Brighton fixture. And then hoping, I guess, that you got a goal in the city game too. Yeah. Uh, one suggestion on Slack from anyone is with Kane back quicker than expected, are you planning to get him in back, get him in? If so, what's the plan to facilitate his return? So which of your strikers would you drop for Kane if you're not free hitting? like you are in, in 34 for what it's worth. And anyone says I'm planning Aubameyang to Kane in 34 with a downgrade in defense or mid to free up the funds. Um, yeah. I, I my guess. Issue with, yeah. Th- that's another hokey cokey thing. So I, I think we all brought in Aubameyang with the expectation that we keep him through the end of the season because we want him for game week 37 in particular. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to wait. I'm (laughs) I'm kind of depressed. I'm going to wait till 36. And, and when we get to the time for me to make that transfer for the doubles in, in 37, who's not, who's underperforming? Is it Mm -hmm. Aubameyang or is it Lukaku? Best case scenario, Aubameyang Aubameyang and Lukaku are flying and Kane is just kind of still not back in, in a great run of form, and I don't have to worry about it as much. It's hard to see Aubameyang play today. I mean, I know that the first half he didn't do much, but, man, like, that second half, you just saw, like, a, it, was, it was like Zlatan last year, right? I mean, he's just a natural striker, kind of score from anywhere. I mean, I know, I know the first goal was a penalty, but the, that second goal was just a classic. Like, it was just great, great reaction. Um, really should have had a hat trick, right? I mean, he very generously gave up the um, gave up that that second penalty. Uh, it was a very nice thing to do. I was surprised that he did it because it's not it's not a very was, striker striker thing to do. But um, I mean, Lacazette. What was most shocking to me is that anyone on that team even even cares about Lacazette. He doesn't seem like he has any friends. Oh, Lacazette seems all right. I I, I, I mean, he like, seems like a nice guy, but yeah, uh, I kind of like Lacazette. He's, he's had a terrible. Um, I mean, he's just had a terrible time fitting in. Yeah, he had a, he's had a bad run of form. I mean, I, I think you can blame Arsenal not having a midfield for that. I mean, Alexis Sanchez, like, didn't really try when he was there the first half of the season. And, 
I mean, Aaron Ramsey doesn't try to like give pass the ball to anybody. Um, you know, it's a, it's a weird like watching that first half. It was like, I mean, I guess that's why Mkhitaryan has been so valuable and it picked up so many assists already. Is like there's just a lot of midfielders in Arsenal who don't like want to give anybody else the ball, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like it feels like Ramsey and um, and even even El Nenny. Like these guys are all taking like outside the box like screamer attempts. I mean, and Ramsey. I was thinking about this when I was watching today. I feel like Aaron Ramsey, he plays F, like he plays the game the way that I am as an FPL manager. Like he's he has like the whole game. He has like his head in his hands. Like he's you know like it's just it's, he's a very dramatic player. Like I mean he like he it feels like he misses a lot of chances or at least that he he's very hard on himself. And he's like constantly yeah. like you know berating yeah. himself for not for not scoring some spectacular goal or whatever or not, yeah. not you know not getting a through ball that was too fast or I mean I kind of like Ramsey but yeah I mean it feels like this team needs people who can actually give the ball to their their strikers. Um, so right. yeah, it's a weird time for that team. All right, so we we made a good transition here. From we're not we're not super enthusiastic about Harry Kane right at this moment in time. Sounds like we're pretty big on Arsenal, Aubameyang in particular. Going back to game week thirty three, Arsenal home fixture to a very bad Southampton team. Yeah, is Aubameyang not the best captain op- option? In 33? Uh, you know, I really think he is. Uh, I'm really leaning towards Captain him at home to Southampton. I, I assume you're thinking the same. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's that kind of short-termism thing. I, I wonder if it, by, by Friday night I'll remember all the good things that Salah has done this season. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all of them. As I, as I said before, um, or you know, a few minutes ago, like, we kind of have to wait until the Liverpool City game is over to, to make a captain choice, yeah. you know? So... Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Salah looks great and maybe maybe he subbed off in the 70th minute or something like that. Um, I mean, Everton are terrible, too, right? I mean, they just <laughs> they just put, you know, I mean, Man City scored like the easiest three goals you'll ever see. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, they were all really nice goals, but they were like, they, I feel like they could have scored even more if they were like really trying to like put the pressure on. Yeah. I've got a dilemma for you, Josh. All right. I'm looking at my my defense for game week 33. Yeah. I I'm I'm spoiled for choice here. Okay, so I have Alonzo at home to West Ham. Mm-hmm. I have Mustafi at home to Southampton. West Morgan at home to Newcastle. Duffy at home to Huddersfield. And Ben Me, he's away, but he's against um, a kind of mediocre Watford team. Mm-hmm. So I I have. I have no idea who to bench this uh, this game week. Just like I feel like there's a lot of clean sheet shouts this yeah. weekend. I think I, I think I would start Duffy at home to Huddersfield for sure, right? And yeah, yeah. yeah and I think I'd probably I'm planning. I mean, I, I think you got to start Morgan as well, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah so that that's that's two decisions right there. And then you got and they got to play Alonzo. So that's that's three. <laughs> All done. <laughs> really. Uh, I, I failed to mention that Fabianski, the keeper I brought in just to pl- just for the bench boost, there is I have a temptation to play Fabianski in goal as opposed to David De Gea. Yeah, um, I'm really on the fence that, about that one too uh, because yeah. I, I have um, I have Hennessy and um, they're playing away to uh, Bournemouth, um, and I feel like I, you know I don't know it's like there is a feeling that maybe Mourinho. It just depends Don't on what Don't say you th- the phrase. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say the phrase. But whether Mourinho really just plays for a nil-nil, you know, and just yeah. doesn't uh, just doesn't want City to clinch in the Manchester Derby, and they play for that. So that that's the one thing that's holding me back a little bit. Um, 
I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Man City def- or the Man United defense looked really good in thirty-two too. But I mean, does anybody keep Man City out? Like, does anybody stop them from scoring? Yeah, particularly when the title is is right there for the taking. Exactly. So, um, uh, should we yeah. talk about Manchester United defense real quick and like what a disaster that is for FPL managers? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's kind of the story of the season, right? Which is that uh, De Gea is your best is your safest option, um, and if you if you can swing the money, then Valencia is a good option too. Uh, but that like central defense problem, it just feels like a, a total mess. Yeah, um, we definitely shouted out Bayi on the podcast, and he oh, was in my initial wild wild card squad. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying like it's it's our fault, yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Ultimately, I went for the tactic, which I do think that it is a good tactic at points in the season to double up on defense. Mm-hmm. But I was just feeling more diversify. I want to diversify my defense, yeah. and if I pick up one clean sheet. Right. Well, they're kind of expensive too. I mean, that's 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 you know, like yeah. I mean, you're on at least five, what five point five or thereabouts for any of those players. Maybe Smalling is a little bit cheaper, but he's probably up to five point. And then, well, then that, what was weird is that Smalling then becomes the captain, right? So now Smalling's the captain. Does that mean like typically if you get the captain spot, it means you're a pretty consistent starter, right? So I think that captaincy armband gets rotated around pretty consistently. Okay. I thought I had United heard such. I thought I heard some rumor that he was like the captain for the rest of the season or something like that. So, wow, maybe <laughs> that's what I read. So, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, they may, they may be told Smalling he's not welcome back next <laughs> season. So here, wear the captain's armband and don't ever come back after game week thirty. I guess so. Yeah, that was a little strange. So um, yeah, I guess the only concern with with with, uh, with um, De Gea is does Marina do what he did last year, which is like the last two weeks of the season, like I'm just going to play my second and third string goalkeepers, you know? Like, there was no reason not to play De Gea, and he just kind of did it to be nice, I guess, to the other keepers. Lester, uh, Mares, a differential captaincy at home to Newcastle? I almost rather go Vardy if we're just, if we're not thinking uh-huh. about our own teams here. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the Lester game was definitely like a second or third screen game for us on Saturday. I, I never got subbed off early. I, I feel like I, every time I looked over, I didn't see him. I don't know, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be too short term about this, so yeah, he's been he's been very solid all year. I mean, it's Newcastle's defense is okay, I guess it's not it's not like spectacular. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, that, that's definitely an option, especially if you want to be different. But um, I feel like mm-hmm. even like someone like Mikatarian would be like a, an interesting differential option instead of yeah, instead of yeah. Amares. So yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't be like in my top three or four, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to get to a lot of these other teams as we go through listener questions. So should we should we tackle some questions here? Yeah. So we already talked about Kane. We've got some Man City questions uh, as well. You know, the Man City thing is really tricky because um, just as a refresher, so Man City, uh, they they play Man United and Spurs in the next two matches. Uh, So a lot of people on their wild card didn't really load up on, on City. Um, you know, they also have this, the two legs of the Champions League uh, with Liverpool and then uh, obviously more if they, you know, if they win. Um, but they are a team that has a game week 35 fixture and it's a home fixture to Swansea. So, you know, it's like if you can figure out the right player to bring in, I mean, you could be looking at, you know, a surefire captain option for game week 35, um, yeah. you know, along with um, along with uh, kind of anyone in Arsenal, I suppose. Um, and then they play uh, they play West Ham away, and then they play Huddersfield and Brighton in game week 37. 
uh, and then and then away to Southampton. So I mean, their their run of fixtures once they've already clinched the title are fantastic. Assuming they do that, um, are, and, which they will, right? Because they're like three points away from clinching. Um, it's a you know it's an amazing run of fixtures, but I mean, you know, can you really trust anybody on that team um, to consistently start? And so. Um, you know, Adam P says, uh, "Is Jesus a viable option if Aguero looks to be rested for the Champions League?" Um, what do you think about Jesus? I like Jesus. I think he seems like a cool guy. Um, we we were talking that he looks like he he's experienced some trauma in his life. <laughs> he he just has that sort of boy, <laughs> wounded boy boyish look on his face. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we learned this lesson earlier in the season when both Jesus and Aguero were fit and healthy. It was just too difficult to judge that rotation, right. specifically that that striker rotation. And it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a well one player one on one off for either of them. Aguero would would start three, and then Jesus would come in and start the fourth. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, I I think it's too risky. Yeah, and I also I mean Aguero wasn't necessarily rested; he was injured, right? I mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's not like it's not. I, I think he was still kind of recovering, so. Um, which just makes it even more complicated, right? Because if he was fully healthy, would he have started? Um, possibly, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. like you said, it's it's just it's 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 really tough to know. I mean, I I actually like Jesus for the double game weeks um, in game week thirty seven. I think that um, he's probably worth the risk there. I mean, he's not he's not and, super expensive, right? I mean, he's like ten point. He's ten. He's just a flat ten million, which is. Actually, like a pretty affordable price, you know. Um, I mean, compared to some of the other top strikers, or I mean, even Aubameyang is going to be like what over eleven million by the time by the time Game Week thirty seven rolls around, he's going to be like eleven three or something like that. I bet. All right. Uh, next question on Man City is Yogi Bear thirty seven, who asks, "How are we on the whole Sterling and City boat now? Sterling sure look fresh again, or is Sane now the new City asset we want?" Um, also, Yogi Bear is looking at our thoughts on Lukaku. Um, so maybe we can. Uh, talk about Lukaku after we talk about Sané and Sterling. Yeah, let's say. So yeah, I, I, I feel, it feels like it's impossible not to talk about Lukaku for thirty minutes. So we'll we'll, we'll table that for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think Sané probably looked the better of the two, but that's really splitting hairs because I thought they both looked terrific. Yeah, and they're both they're both fit and firing. Yeah, and uh, you know the FPL stag had a similar question. He said, you know, a scale of one to the number of points David David Silva is going to score in the next three weeks. How foolish are we to offload City players and mass? Okay, so the thing about this is, you do have to, you know, like you can't you can't overload yourself in City. I mean, okay, like it was easy for me to keep a City player because I wasn't going to transfer one out, obviously, but I mean. You know, over the course of 38 weeks, you can deal with with players sitting out. You know, when there's six or seven weeks left in the season, you, you, if you lose two fixtures, you're losing a lot. You know, I mean, unless your bench is just so rock solid that it doesn't matter. But, you know, and, and you just you just don't want to invest eight or nine million in a midfielder or 10, 10 11 million in a striker um, if you don't think that they're going to start every every match, you know, so. I mean, you know, I was like anxious for the clean sheet as as, as anybody was. Um, partially because I didn't want Sterling to play because I knew I had uh, nine for <laughs> nine for Milosevic on my bench. But um, I mean, you just you just really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I guess Kevin De Bruyne is the only safe option, but then you know, then he is ten point four million. 
Um, and he's also like a little off form, right? I mean, one assist in the last four games, that's it. It's, His goal you know. output has fallen off the face of a cliff, which is really worrying if you're thinking about KDB for your FPL team. So uh, I do agree. I'm just choosing not to worry about City until game week 37. Right. But 35, I mean, if you're, if you're free hit chipping in 35, you're probably going to bring correct. some players, right? Correct. So the free hit in 35... Uh, um, I feel like that will be the easiest, hopefully the easiest city team to pick because I will just be picking city assets for one week and I will presumably yeah. have all the information I need at hand as far as who's been rested, who's been playing 90 minutes, um, you know, in the league and in the, in Europe and all that. Yeah. You can kind of do like but, a starting 11 style squad there, right? Where you just like, it's like a daily fantasy thing where you just, you just, you, I mean, you could literally bring in three city defenders, right? Right. <laughs> for for one week. I mean, at home to Swansea, yeah. um, you know, you could bring in Kyle Walker, Ederson, and and you know, Otamendi or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like the David Silva conundrum. It was a discussion really worth having earlier in the season, but now, I given how few weeks are left, like you're you're saying, every week counts, and you can't have a player rotated. There are plenty of decent midfielders that can cover a David Silva type point spread. So it's not like you have to have this one specific guy to get you through the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, double fixture, you know, he's on eight, nine, 16 and 11 in the last four weeks. So he's, he's in great form for sure. Um, You know, and he, you know, he actually missed a lot of time um, because of, uh, you know, the personal life stuff. So, um, um, so I, I do wonder if maybe he is a slightly safer option because he just, I mean, I don't know, I guess there's the emotional toll. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the, all the civil stuff, but, um, you know, you do wonder if like, maybe he's like, his legs are a little bit fresher. Um, and so he's maybe a little more likely to play more minutes. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, um, like you said, it's just, is it worth the risk? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, it's definitely worth the rest to have at least one or two in the game week 37, but I wouldn't worry about it until later. Yeah, right, right, definitely. Particularly if you have uh, no wild card or free hit to play and you need somebody for 35. Yep. Uh, Razzy Boy had a question about the Manchester Derby. He says, uh, will Man United be uh, men at home and come out to play? It's almost like he's trying to intimidate them into, into playing them. Uh, or will they continue to be the aggressive turtles we've come to see under bus master Moo? Uh, we talked about this a minute ago. I mean, why would you expect Mourinho to change now? You know, like, yeah. of course he's going to like, I don't know. I mean, is, but again, like, can they, can they really I'm stop just laughing City? at this phrase, regressive turtles. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's an apt, uh, metaphor. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't really, why would you expect them to be? Also, why is that like the right strategy? I mean, you know, like, has anybody like really come at City and come out of it, you know, like without like a massive loss on their hands? I mean, if you if you like try to play City's game, they will crush you. You know, it's not. I mean, it doesn't matter how good your team is. Like, you're not as good as City. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's I guess just the Liverpool reality. was the one team yeah. that was able to do it. Yeah, and even then, it almost it almost backfired, right? Because yeah, you know, they were at home. They went up four one. City scored two goals. They almost scored a third. I mean, it, it could have been a four four draw. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're like the one team that can do it. So I guess the only argument, uh, for man, man, you being able to do something in that match is, you know, if that city Liverpool game at, at midweek is like a real, like, you know, back and forth, like some players get some knocks, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, like that, that could do it, but I just feel like for a Derby, they're going to be up for it. Yeah. 
should we talk about everyone else? Or uh, since since we're talking about the Derby, maybe we can now talk about Lukaku. Okay, sure. So uh, we have a question here from Sidhant Bhatia who says, For some strange reason I have Eden Hazard. Should I sell him? If yes, for whom? Or stick it out? So Hazard, he didn't look super awesome against Spurs. He looks he looks a little aimless right now. Like he's not really playing with the team. Yeah, I didn't feel like he was linking out. There's like a moment where he like did like one of his like trademark runs into the box, then laid it off for nobody. I don't know if you saw that. It yeah. was near the uh, when they I think it was when they were down three one and trying to come back in. And he well, kinda... that that was as as an Alonzo owner, I watched a couple of breaks in which Alonzo was pretty wide open on the left, and Hazard just refused to pass it to him. Yeah, and Alonzo gave him the whole "Hey, dude, why don't you pass it to me?" face. <laughs> and then the one time Hazard actually tries to pass it to Alonzo, like twenty yards behind him. I was actually like, <laughs> it's the one one time he's playing defense the entire game. I know. I, I was not surprised to see Alonzo subbed. I, I thought that might happen actually. Um, you know, just it, it wasn't it wasn't his match. I mean, he got that, he had that offside goal in the first half too. Um, I think the short answer is you can't you, you just can't sell Hazard now. I mean, not not before a home match to West Ham and a double game week playing Southampton and Burnley. I mean, you know, he's a yeah. he's a captain option in game week thirty four. I mean, maybe not the number one or two, but uh, you know, I mean, he could always go off for double fixture returns. You know, so. Um, yeah, I think that it, you just gotta you just gotta like write it out with him now. Yeah, the assumption is you already have Salah, but even even still, I, I totally agree. He's yeah. the fixtures line up too nicely for you to for you to dump jump ship already. I think there's an argument for dumping him. Uh, like, let's say you're not free hit chipping in game week 35, and you have Hazard. I think you could dump him then. I don't know that you need him for the game week 37 doubles. I think there's enough other quality midfielders that you could bring in. I mean, you could even look at. Uh, you know, I mean, you can look at obviously all the Man City players. You could look at um, Alexis Sanchez, um, Maria Mares. I mean, there's just there's just a host of you know all of the um, you know Sun and all the other uh, Spurs defenders. So, I, you know, but I wouldn't I wouldn't drop him before game week 35. Another Chelsea question from FPL Tornado: What to do with Chelsea assets now that they may be prioritizing the FA Cup with top four out of sight? So. The logic here being with the loss against Spurs today, we're recording on Sunday, the probability of them making top four, it's virtually impossible. Uh, this whole idea, this, this idea of prioritizing things keeps coming up now, yeah. and I think that we might be overthinking that. Even with Manchester City, uh, they, they're still playing for like a zillion records. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League, yeah. I don't see them pulling their foot in, entirely off the gas. Same thing with Chelsea. Prioritizing the FA Cup, the, that's the only midweek fixture that Chelsea will have. And these guys can play midweek. They did it in the Champions League. I don't see a huge amount of crazy rotation, particularly for the heavy hitters like Hazard. Um, yeah. Or even Alonso, I don't Yeah, think. I, do you feel like we were both like, I mean, I don't think either of us are big William supporters. Um, yeah. just like I, I, neither of us just are on the William train. I, I know that his, his stats are good, but I, I just, I'm not a fan. I, I can't explain it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just not, he was never an option I looked at for this game week. I, I don't think, I mean, you talked about him just a little bit, I think. Like, was he ever in a wild card draft yeah. for you? He was, he was. I mean, to be clear, and I, I, I almost said jokingly at the top that um, I like Pascal Gross more than I do Willie. And I mean, if it was a one-on-one basketball game, so to speak, 
Willian is is almost undoubtedly the better player. Sure. I think Willian is really great. He's really fun to watch when he's in form. Mm-hmm. But I think what what you and I agree on is he he'll just disappear for a month. Right. I mean Hazard will do the same yeah. thing. I don't know if it's something about the DNA there at Chelsea. But um just as I was looking at my wild card, I was thinking, yeah, Willian he's He's good f- from week to week, but he's never been an FPL asset that delivers consistently. Yeah, and um, I mean, he was in all so many teams at the start of the season when Hazard was injured, and he did virtually nothing. Yeah, so um, he has moments of brilliance, but he just can't put a consistent run together. What do you think? I mean, what do you think about City? Like, I mean. Is it is it foolish to read too much into Chelsea's performance against Spurs? I mean, Spurs look really uh, like up for it today. Um, obviously, you know Chelsea have uh, West Ham, and they have a you know they have two double game weeks coming up. I mean, if you were wild carding right now, would you still advocate for Alonso, or are you st- are you like does that like are you starting to feel like maybe that's like too much money to have invested in in someone who really they really haven't kept a lot of clean sheets like going back to you know going back almost ten game weeks. Yeah, the uh, the fixtures are really just too tempting after Spurs. Um, West Ham at home, Southampton, Burnley. You're right, they have had trouble keeping clean sheets. I mean, the, their central defense, Christensen, was just a disaster, uh, I think, against Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough. And I think ultimately I chose to go with Alonso because of his, I mean, it's obvious, because of his attacking prowess. The the other idea was to go for Aspilicueta, but then, yeah, exactly as you say, I'm thinking, I can't really count on clean sheets from Chelsea, so why don't I risk the the fact that they could get some clean sheets and take the best attacker of the yeah, bunch? I, and I think Alonso is still probably worth the money, assuming he does get at least one goal and or some attacking return yeah. in the next three, week, three I game mean, weeks. I mean, he is as much an attacking player as William. Right. I mean, I feel like I, yeah, yeah, he's in the box more than William is. Um, you know, it's he's, he's yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of goal threat there, super dangerous, and he gets you clean sheets. I mean, um I, I yeah, I, I think you're right about, you know, he's the one player you'd want on that team. I mean, I guess you can make an argument for Christensen too. Um, you know, I think that there there are some clean sheets and he's like he's, you know, pretty consistently like he's kinda earned that spot. So um yeah, yeah. I mean I, I like it's hard for me to advocate for Christensen because he like kind of destroyed my team this season like like everything that went wrong with my personal fantasy team involved the Murata it, it was like I don't know it was like Murata has like the entire team really it's just like Aspilicueta was a problem for you for like, a while Asp, too. I moved from like I went for Aspilicueta over Alonzo and then I was like Aspilicueta's not working I need more money and so I went for Christensen and then Christensen like somehow missed like four to five clean sheets, um, and then uh, Alonzo like went off, and then I finally brought in Alonzo on my wild card, and you know he's uh, it's been like a bunch of like it's been binary code for him since where it's all like ones and zeros, so it's just like a weird like it's just been a weird time to have any of those players. I mean, Murata like scores a goal today, and it's like oh was he an option? I'm like no. I don't want. I just like I don't trust anybody <laughs> in this team. I don't trust Hazard. I don't trust yeah. Murata. I don't trust William. I don't trust the Chelsea defenders to keep clean sheets. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I trust that Alonso can get some attacking difference. Like the only thing I trust on this team. Uh, but I, you know, I have to say, yeah. I'm, you know, I have 
I'm finding a free hit Chevy gave me 34. I'm not sure I'm going to have a single Chelsea player. I mean, maybe one, you know, but I just I just don't yeah. have a lot of faith in they them. They were starting to look quite jaded out there against Spurs in the second yeah. half, and I, I do have a concern that Conte just blows the whole thing up. He's, not, um, he's gone anyway, once everything. Right? There's no way he's, he's back next year. Yeah. How about another question? Yeah, all right. Let's let's do one more one more uh, everything else question here. How about uh, Brian Chata's question, Brandon? I says, is it worth bringing Vardy in in a wild card, or is it better to invest that money in an upper tier midfield option? It's a good question. Well, so yeah, it is a good question, and you know how I feel based on how I played my wild card. I explained this earlier. I decided to just stick with Mares. He he's expensive enough where I think that's just plenty of Leicester attacking coverage. Um, it's harder to say that a week after a match in which Vardy scores and Mares does nothing. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think just the evidence we have over the last you know six or so weeks is that. Mares is bringing in more attacking returns. He's yeah. my favorite asset. He definitely gets more bonus points. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it's amazing because Vardy actually has scored uh, six goals in the last eight weeks, uh, but no double-digit returns in, in any of those fixtures. Um, he has, mm-hmm. He's actually only picked up four bonus points in that stretch. I mean, for a striker, uh, you know, strikers are sort of like just the way that the bonus point system works. Strikers are sort of... If you score a goal, you often get bonus points, at least one. I mean, like Firmino, you know, often plays these matches where there's four goals and he, all he picks up is one goal and he's still on two or three bonus because, um, you know, it just you get 24 bonus points just for scoring the goal. And then if you're doing anything else in the match, you know, like if you complete some passes yeah. and, you know, uh, play 90 minutes, like you know, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get a, a bonus point. Yeah, so. and he, he never he never gets tackled. His pass completion percentage is always really high, too. Yeah. This really does – this begs the question is what 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 are the uh, – what's the ideal front three? I mean, I, I would have had Vardy in for Ashley Barnes were I able to afford him. Yeah, and I just couldn't make it work, so I so I ended up with Ashley Barnes. Yeah, so here comes this, another car getting stolen. Um, <laughs> the ideal front three question uh, is a very difficult question to answer because um, you know it's like there's this like holistic view that you can take where you're starting in game week 33 and looking through the end of the season, um, you know, and in that case you probably want to pick players who all had double game weeks um, or had you know multiple double game weeks in 34 and 37. Um, but there are individual game weeks where someone like Roberto Firmino is a great option, right? I mean, home to Stoke in game week 36, um, you know, way to West Brom in game week 35. Um, so, you know, it depends on whether you're a free hit. So I, I think it's, I, you know, the, the Vardy, Lukaku, Aubameyang seem like they'd be three of the top four options to me. You know, like they, they're right up yeah. there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's the cheaper bracket too, I guess. Yeah. The issue, the issue with the uh, non-holistic view, Josh, I think, is that we are now counting down the number of transfers we have left, and right. and pretty much every one of them is going to count. Um, and that that's that's the trick with the late wild card is to bring in guys that you're not going to have to transfer out uh, right. or. Uh, unless you plan to, so I think that's that's the idea between behind not just going week to week because the more hokey cokey you do with your front line, the less you can 
do the you can transform midfield assets from from the double in 34 to say man city players in yeah. in 37 so that that that's what i would add to that the other problem with the with the free hit chip is that you know you, you if you have two if you have two tra- you can't bank a transfer free hit chip and then have two transfers going to the next game week so i'm in a situation right now where i would actually kind of like to bank a transfer i don't have like a like a clear and obvious move uh going to this fixture yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's like, I have to use it or lose it, you know? So I'm going to find a transfer to make, like, I'm sure there, my, yeah. my team can definitely be improved or I can make a move, you know, looking ahead to the, to 37 or something. Um, so yeah, it, it is, it's, it's, it's very complicated. You can't bank a transfer, nor can you really, you, you can't even make a transfer, you know, like lose a week with the free hit. Like I can't make a transfer going into my free hit that I'm going to have when I come out of it. So it's, yeah, it's tricky. Like you're, yeah, exactly. You can't like make a transfer and then like, and then two days later play your free hit. So yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, the, the other forward line question that we still have no answer for, it was the hot debate, probably the lasting debate on Friday night before I shut my laptop down was Ashley Barnes or uh wood for Burnley. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still have no answer to that yeah, question. Both. Better. I guess they're both they're both fine. Get them both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Barnes got the yellow card, which probably cost him. I guess he still finished on one bonus point, and and Wood got the game winning goal. So I guess Wood Wood takes this round. Yeah, well played, Wood. All right, so let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back uh, with our final section. Uh, we're going to do um, a, a, a lightning round about the double game weeks and the chips. Same old podcast, always cheating. A quick word, Josh, about our friends at Starting Eleven. Big announcement. Cash games were made live in the UK, but now cash games in the US and Canada are available through the Starting Eleven app. Just go to your iOS or Android app store today to download Starting Eleven and you can play for cash on your iPhone or Android phone any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening. And Starting Eleven is gearing up for the World Cup this summer. So uh, when the Premier League stops, the fun at Starting Eleven does not stop. Speaking of fun, Josh, we had some challenges this weekend. We had a prize pack up for grabs. Who is the big winner? The big winner is Peter Gray, who... Someone that um, we'd never really talked to before. I'm actually. I think he might have actually downloaded Starting Eleven for um, for the contest. So it's uh, the contest works, Brandon. The system works. Uh, we got people, people just want free stuff. We got people interested, and so Peter. Uh, I think he finished on 230 points on Saturday. I ended up playing some matches on Saturday and Sunday, uh, and uh, I finished. I, I won half and lost half of my matches. So I'll, I'll take that. Uh, but thank you to to everyone that reached out. Uh, you know, as I as we said before, we're going to be playing uh, all, you know every weekend, and um, we're going to continue to giveaways. We're going to do giveaways now. We're also talking about giveaways for the World Cup. So um, lots of uh, really really cool stuff to come. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can uh, learn more about the app. Uh, go to uh, starting eleven dot io, and that's uh, starting one one dot io uh, to learn more about cash games in your state or in your country. Um, but the you know the games that we're playing against with these head and heads, these are all just free matches. So um, you know you can test out the app, you know see if it's see if it's a, a good fit for you, um, and uh, you know which which we we hope it will be, we think it will be, um, yeah. and uh, yeah. So and then go from there. You can download it on iOS or Android, and um, challenge us is easy. You can just send us a direct message or an email, um, and um, and we'll um, we'll. 
actually send you, we'll just give us your email address and then we'll just send you an invite. And then when you open the app, you can just, you see the invite right there on the app itself. So a uh, very simple process. It's so simple. Yeah, as you say, you can also play for free. You could just play with your friends if you're watching the games and you want to, to, to have a little uh, second screen experience. The app is beautiful. You can make teams on the fly with uh, no budget restrictions, live uh, substitutions while you're watching the game. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I actually had to, I had to make a couple big subs today because I had I had Mkhitaryan and I had... Uh, um, I had Peter Check in my team too, so I had to make some late. Yeah. Was that Check news? Was that? Did anybody know that he was injured? Did I totally miss that? Uh, I I missed it too. So yeah. um, the cool thing about starting eleven though is when the team sheets come out, you can shift people around, and that doesn't count against your live substitutions. Exactly. So, um, so I was able to yeah. switch over to Espina, and I, I racked up that clean sheet. So um, yeah, definitely like a, a fun feature that you can't do in uh, the regular fantasy game. So. Uh, yeah, once again, starting11.io to learn more or just uh, Google, you know, what's, what, what's it called when you search for something on your phone? I guess you don't Google it, you just search. You, you bing it. Yeah, just, so search in your in the app store on your phone for starting11. You'll find it there. If you have any problems, uh, they have great customer service. I thought service. you were going to say, search in the app store for the Bing app, download the <laughs> Bing app, and then within the yeah. Bing app, search for starting11 yeah. and pop up. That That's also a viable way to go. Uh, but you can also just search in, in the app, and um, I know we've had a couple people who had uh, some questions for, um, I guess, for their you know their customer service folks, and um, they responded all those super fast and and, and gotten through it. So, uh, yeah, starting11.io, and uh, yeah, challenge us to a match this weekend. Let's finish things off here with a lightning round, shall we, Joshua? I think we shall, yeah. And I think it should be a true lightning round because I actually hear a baby crying in the background. So, okay. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll make it fast. First question here, where I got to answer in 30 seconds or less, 100% correct answer. Jeff Petter asks, actually, a new question. If I want to go Maverick on my wild card, miles behind, template won't catch me up kind of scenario, which player should I target? After day, today, I'm thinking Deli Ali is worth a shout as an example. I think Alexis Sanchez stands out as, a, as an interesting option. Uh, it seems like he might be finally coming into form a little bit. Uh, they have uh, two doubles. They're both pretty good doubles. Um, they play Arsenal at home in Game Week 36, which uh, I'm really excited about because I don't know what's going to happen in that game uh, from Sanchez. Um, I would I would stay away from Southampton entirely. Um, yeah, I think that um, I think you definitely look at um, at Deli Alley. And we I talked think, about Hazard a little bit earlier. Yeah, Hazard is an option if you want to be different. I mean, that's it comes with the risk that we've already talked about. Um, but yeah, I think I think Hazard. It doesn't. It seems like he's kind of in that category of like the De Bruyne category, where he's just if he's healthy, he's playing. Yeah. Right. Next question is from Peter Gray. Hey, the winner of the Slack. Uh, yeah, Peter, yeah. <laughs> you just popped up here. Like you knew we were, your ears were burning. And now Peter has a question here on the pod. So congrats to you, Peter. Now your question is a free hit in 34, triple captain in 37, and a bench boost in a random game week, a viable option. Don't have my wild card after 31, so working with what I have left. Um, I like this logic. Um, I've certainly considered it. I'm... I'm thinking even I could play my bench boost in game week 33. I was talking earlier about how I feel like I have a lot of good defender matchups yep. in my squad. So the the question is really um, how 
many points do you want to get off your bench bench boost chip? And then the rest is is sort of up to you regarding the week. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's interesting strategy. I mean, yeah, if you felt like you had really good clean sheet options and maybe your fifth midfielder or whatever in in a, in a particular game week could, could get you some points, then um, yeah, that I think a, a bench boost in a, in a random game week could work out because maybe maybe you pick up. Well, you have the goalkeeper too. So let's say you pick up fifteen points. That's that's that would be considered an extremely good good return for like a like a triple captain, right? If you picked up an extra fifteen points of triple captain, I think you'd be pretty happy with with that return. So, yes. um, you know, maybe that's too ambitious. I like uh, you know how how often do you actually get clean sheets from every defender in your squad? Um, yeah, it's not right. it's not that common, but um, yeah. As to a specific question, um, I, I, you know, I do think that. Um, a free hit in 34 makes a lot of sense because um, you can bring in players maybe you don't want to have, like, on a permanent basis, um, like Chelsea players. <laughs> um, yeah, and the triple captain 37. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. I, I'm not sure that there are really, you know, it's funny, you talked about template at the beginning of the podcast, but as far as when you use these chips, I, it doesn't feel as template to me. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. No, yeah, totally. It There has been no template that has truly emerged that maybe it's, Bench boost thirty four, free hit thirty five, triple captain thirty seven is the template. But uh, all the questions we get, everyone is just slightly different, which makes it makes it a lot of fun. Yep. I think the double game weeks always come into it with the chips. We were talking about this at the bar uh, yesterday morning. It's just you're improving the um, the percentage of you actually getting more points from playing these chips. Right. If you have a double game week, there's just the odds are more in your favor. It's like gambling. I think I was in the midst of one of my whiny rants about how it's all just luck, and I think that was part of it. Like I was like, oh, it's all just risk management. You know, it's like I was having a, I was, yeah. Yeah, it was one of my ranty right. modes. Right. Um, all right, the next question is about uh, Vardy, Kane versus Lukaku for the camp. This is from uh, FPL Fredo. Uh, Kane versus Lukaku for the captain in game week 34. Who's the best pick? Um, I wouldn't limit it to those two, but let's let's say that we did. Um, I mean, you don't have Kane, so is Lukaku, in your opinion, the best game week thirty four captain? Yeah, I think he is. The fixtures are the best: West Brom at home, and then Bournemouth, who can't keep a clean sheet to save their lives. The City fixture is is the one that sticks out for it's Spurs. Yeah, it, it is the real problem. So, um, I mean, if Sanchez continues to to perform, it's just one ma- one match that that we had to go on in terms of talking about Sanchez's form. But right. maybe he's a contender, though. Odds of anyone listening to this podcast having Sanchez in their team pretty slim. So yeah, yeah. to answer the question, Lukaku. If you were free hitting in thirty four, uh, which which I as I've said like eight times already in the podcast, I'm, I'm thinking about doing or probably going to do. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I would definitely look at Sanchez as a, as a captain option there. Um, it's just that you can't, yeah, you can't, I don't want him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't trust him at mm-hmm. all, you know, but for two weeks, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I mean, the problem is he's probably not going to do very much away to city. So you're not going to have a lot to go on there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, like if, if you're not overthinking it, I think Lukaku is the best option. Yeah. Okay. Next question comes from Mr. Harville. If you don't have a wild card to get a full set of double game week players in 34, is it best to use the triple captain versus the bench boost? If so, who's the best triple captain for 34? We just answered <laughs> the last part of that question. But so for for the sake of argument, if we're talking about triple captain versus bench boost, I definitely late 
in my wildcard strategizing came around to the it's better to bench boost in 34. Mm-hmm. There are fewer double game weeks, double game teams to choose from. Yep. But I have I have much more control over who I think is definitely going to be playing in game week 34. Yeah. I can I can manage that much better. If we're if I'm trying to keep my team intact up to the doubles in 37, I'm probably going to lose a few players between now and then. Yeah. Um, as far as the bench boost. So if I play it in 34, I'm also taking away that pressure of fielding 15 players in 37. I just have to worry about 11. Yep. Yep. I, um, yeah, I, I think that's what I would have done too if I was wildcard. And I think that just, um, it's easier to set your team up for a bench boost than it is for, I mean, triple captain, you can just kind of <laughs> just, you know, have a player who's got a double, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, just throw something against the wall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I, if, whenever I bench boost, it's not going to be. I'm not going to be ideally set up for it. You know, there's just no way. I'm, I just not, there's never going to be a time when I'm going to have like a full 15 players. You know, that, I guess that's why yeah. the wild card in game week 36 is an interesting idea. But we talked about this already. It just you just miss all of those other game weeks. Um, yeah. But I guess if you haven't used it yet, then maybe that is the time to use it. The final question for this week's podcast, Brandon, is. Why ranging podcast, right? I feel like we've talked about a lot. I don't know how we talked about so much, considering how much we've already, considering how much ground we've already covered in previous podcasts. It feels like we've really we're digging in in that ground. This episode is like an FPL symposium of sorts. <laughs> so Jeremiah Johnson says, "What is the safe number of players for game week thirty five? Um, eleven. Um, not to be yeah. not to be a smart ass about it, but um. yeah, I mean, yeah, let's 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 look at. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you know, nine, ten, maybe. I mean, it doesn't really, you know. I mean, you know, you, you just need the right players, you know. Yeah. I mean, and then if your filler is your filler is your filler, you know, it's sort of these players that you hope do something. So we need the right players exactly. Go back and look at what happened in thirty one. All you needed was to captain Mo Salah, who scores twenty nine points. And you basically didn't need any other players to um, sort of survive. So yeah, just yeah, that's true. I mean, there's always the margins, you know. It just sort of depends. I, I know Jeremiah is personally having a pretty good season, so I, I, I think yeah, I think you're right. Just have so who would the right players be in Game Week 35? I mean, you need some Arsenal players, you need some City players. Um, yeah, you that, know, maybe maybe some Liverpool players. I mean, Palace. Palace and Watford um, could be interesting. That could be a uh, that match could be full of goals. So maybe you're mm-hmm. looking to to target Watford attack and, and Crystal Palace attack. Yep. Uh, yeah, Milivojevic stands out as a another option there, right? I could definitely see Watford, Watford concede. I mean, at this point, I just expect Crystal Palace to get a penalty in every single game. <laughs> Like yeah. somehow <laughs> seven, he's scored seven <laughs> penalties, and I think he's that taken is... eight this season. It's incredible. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at Game Week 33, and I don't know how I can not start him. You know, I mean, you know, away to Bournemouth. I mean, couldn't you see Bournemouth concede a penalty in that game? Like, I, I can for two sure, or three. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think uh, nine nine is the like the lowest I'd want to be. I mean, there's just too many. It's not like Game Week 31 where there was nothing. Like, there's there there are, there are like good teams with good fixtures in thirty five, so you really have to be loaded up, and you know it's probably worth burning. I mean, especially you know burning points uh, for some of those players, I think is actually okay too, because you know um, if you burn points for players that have a double game week in thirty seven, then you're just kind of doing that move a week or two early. Right? Yeah. 
my free hit is going to be hilarious. It's going to be three Arsenal players, three City players, three Liverpool <laughs> players, and then it's a couple fodder. of couple of bone some fodder. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe uh, Arnatovich. You know, maybe I don't know. No. Uh, he looks he looks good. Uh, he does. Yeah, that was yeah. a couple of very nice goals he scored over the weekend. But what is going on at Southampton? My God. It's weird. And, yeah, well, it was kind of a weird match for – I mean, I thought about uh, going Walcott to Arnatovich going into that fixture, but I, you know, I really didn't like, uh, you know, West Ham's fixtures like, for the next several game weeks. I mean, basically, they that was their good fixture. You know, now it's – I mean, I guess they play, they play Stoke in 34, uh, but it's, uh, you know, Chelsea, which is not a double. Uh, they play uh, away to Chelsea, away to Arsenal, away to Man City, away to Leicester, home to Man United – you know, they don't really have a good fixture again until game week 38. So, um, outside of the Stoke in 34. So, um, yeah, it, he just didn't seem like, like an ideal option given those tough fixtures, but, um, he's kind of a, he's a little thick in his own weird way. He's like kind of fixture proof, isn't he? Cause he's kind of <laughs> like, he's like, he's, he's he, when he's like in form, he can kind of score on anybody, you know, he's, he's really, he's, he's very talented. He's just, he, he can like be like a little in and out of the, in and out of form. Yeah. He's like the uh, he's like the really gifted kid in the high school who also is very troubled, and he's you know he's he's involved <laughs> yeah. in some low level crime, and his his parents are in a really bad situation. Um, but but some teacher like David Moyes comes along, right, and gets the of best out of him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> teaches teaches him that that Shakespeare was the original Tupac. Yeah, but I, I'm calling it here, Brandon. He is going to score away to Arsenal in game week 35. That is my that is my early prediction. I don't make a lot of predictions in this podcast, but I think I think he's going to uh, destroy my Mustafi clean sheet in game week 35. Um, can I double or nothing there? So uh, <laughs> astute, astute listeners will remember we bet a dollar on uh, Boney scoring, what, 10 goals this season? Five. Five goals? <laughs> a goal? <laughs> I didn't um, think he would score more than five goals. <laughs> I want to double or nothing the Arnatovich scores against Arsenal. I want. I will say that he won't score. Okay. All right. Double or nothing. Maybe I will. I, I didn't think he ever gave me that dollar. So yeah, this is uh, no, it's kind of a no lose situation here, Brandon. <laughs> Listen, I, it's it's on the books. I don't. I don't have to pay it's you. True. It's, it, it's the 49 buck cup right now, you know, yeah, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how did uh, Boney's out for the rest of the season, right? So he finished on two goals. Poor, poor Boney. I mean, I seems like a nice guy, but I, I had no faith that he could do anything. He's, he's just too old and fat. So. <laughs> he gave up. He moved to city and just gave up. I mean, it's, you know, he seems like a nice guy, but he, he's like, he's like, when he, he, got he, happens in like he happens in baseball. All, <clears throat> excuse me. He happens in baseball all the time where these guys get these huge contracts and they just like blow up, like put on a bunch of weight and, you know, <laughs> stop, stop contributing. I think that's the perfect note to end the podcast on. So uh, we'll sign off now. If you want to support the podcast and get involved in those leagues, we were bigging up at the start of the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Help helps to uh, offset the cost that we incur with uh, hosting the pod, putting up the website, uh, doing the SoundCloud and all that sort of thing. You can also subscribe, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Josh, where else can people find us? You can find us on uh, SoundCloud. Just uh, search for Always Cheating there. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. 
Uh, Twitter, we're uh, twitter.com slash hailcheaters. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, or you can just go to alwayscheating.com for the podcast, uh, for information about the Slack, for information about how to contact us, and um, lots of other stuff too, I'm sure. It's all uh, sorts of a blog stuff. that is occasionally updated. So lots, yeah. lots of good stuff. Once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Good luck to everyone in Game Week 33, as you call it, Josh, the forgotten Game Week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's, uh, let's hope for some drama here. You know, it's uh, I want like I want something crazy to happen. I want like I want Stoke to score like five goals on Spurs or something. Like, just something <laughs> weird. I just yeah. I, A I, reason to remember Game Week 33. Yeah. Let's get nuts. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hail Sorloth. Yep. And uh, hail everyone that we've ever hailed on this podcast. Bye. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.